Welcome back to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Tuesday afternoon, and it's time for our Tuesday feature. Uh, this week, we've got two top sommeliers in Hong Kong, Derek Lee of JIA Group and also Raymond Lakdang of the Wulumulu Group Beverage Manage, and they give drinking food reporter Andrew Dembina the lowdown on South African wine. And they were attending an event last week called South Africa's Best, and both won some wine industry awards in the country itself last year. Hi, I'm Raymond Cruz Lagdang, Wulumulu Group Beverage Manager. And hi, I'm Derek Lee, Group Somania for Jaya Group in Hong Kong. The reason that we're speaking today is that you have both been to South Africa last year for a competition. You've both done really well for Hong Kong. And we want to talk about this region that not too many people know about. When it comes to South African wine, do you think that Hong Kong people don't really understand it? It's pretty good, like, we have this kind of event, like, trying to introduce, like, South African wines. It's, like, really amazing. It's not too expensive. There has been a tasting of how many wines? Almost, like, a hundred different wines from South Africa. And a lot of people have been saying in the room, when we started off with some sparkling wines, really great quality, and some of them have their origins in French people that went to South Africa and established champagne methods of making. Tell us a bit about this, Derek. People won't expect that you can find a very dry brut champagne or a Blanc de Blanc that is very much like the French stuff in South Africa. I think there's a surprise when I was in South Africa. There's a huge consumption for sparkling wine there. The local consumption is very big. They have the region called Fanshoek, which is uh, we call it like a French corner. Basically, it's the first place that the French settled their a lot of French influence, history, and also the wine as well. They do a beautiful sparkling wine using the traditional method like champagne. And most likely they have a Chardonnay, Pinot Noir. And when you drink that, actually, you're thinking like you're drinking like mm. a champagne. This actually is one of the best options if you think champagne is too expensive for you. Yeah. For the MCC, which is a methotic acid, which is the name for this sparkling wine, basically yeah. the price, which is better value as well. And they make a stunning sparkling wine. You, you find the finish, you find the purity, and you find a very good acidity as well, balance with everything. You find the toastiness as well. Uh, if you have a chance, if you find out like somewhere selling that, grab a bottle, try it yourself, you will have a big surprise for this. Can it be found in many places in Hong Kong as far as you guys are aware, Raymond? Yeah, actually, um, there's a lot of few uh, like boutique shops in Hong Kong that you can find. Really amazing, like, you know, you have like a luxury sparkling wine, which is value for money. So for both of you, your trip to South Africa last September coincided with the fourth World of South Africa Sommelier Cup 2019 finals, in which you both did very well. You both picked up some good accolades from that. Let's start with Derek and hear about your experience at the competition of tasting South African wines over there. My competitors are actually they are very good. They are come from Germany, they come from UK, they come from Japan, from Singapore as well. They are strong. Actually, it's nothing that easy. I spent a lot of effort for preparing for the competition. The competition related to many things: mm. theory, history for South African wine, yeah. even the like tasting as well. You have to taste so many wines, so many Chenin Blanc, so many Pinot Chardonnay as well. You need to do like a particle service example like open a bottle of sparkling wine, yeah. like a decanting bottle of a, a port wine as well. Particle service, which is not easy because you have to face a lot of stress. Mm. I'm so glad I can make it into final. So many elements that you yeah. just described yeah. that you 
you had to perform well in. Yep. How did you manage to get your palate or your tasting ability trained for South African wine before you went there if there is not so much of it available in Hong Kong? I would like to say I'm drinking Chenin Blanc and Pinot Tache every day, especially in the morning time. <laughs> the, the funny thing... That, that was your training. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the funny thing is I, I didn't brush my teeth before my competition. <laughs> the thing is if you want to be more precise for tasting, you have to drink a lot and you have to try a lot. Mm. And you have to find a different because there's a task during the final, you have to identify the Chine Blanc from different soil and different region as well, which is crazy, I can yeah. tell you. This is a very diverse or different soil type in South Africa, especially in different regions. They have different climate, different terroir as well. And the thing is, you have to try so many wine, even like Chine Blanc, you have to try so many Chine Blanc that, that make you understanding the difference between subtle differences is so difficult I can tell you but you yes. did amazingly well congratulations you were the second runner up out of how many people I think there's a, around like 20 people there yeah they're strong they're very strong and, and in, in, in some other countries they might be used to drinking South African wine a bit more than in Hong Kong I think probably Yes, I think South African wine in another country may be, may be more popular than Hong Kong. Mm. But we are trying our best to promote this country. I think a lot of people, they don't really understand about mm. this country. Mm. They are misunderstanding about this country. They don't know about the wine there. We don't have a lot of people talking about this country, to be honest. Mm. Uh, for most of the restaurants, they really see South African wine. It's yeah. like that's maybe less than five, even none, you know. Do you expect that might change in the near future? Since there's more people there, open-minded so they're willing to try something different and also a lot of younger generations so many they're willing to try something different out of regions, the, the different, different region they're trying to stay out of the mainstream mm. or even commercial things mm. so that's the reason I think South Africa wine I think a lot of potential because the price is really bargain if you're talking about the fresh wine it costs you maybe $200 it's really, really, really good yeah. if you're talking about the sparkling wine it costs you 100 something yeah. and quality is really there and the most important thing is we're talking about the wine itself we're talking about this is a new world country mm. but basically they have a long history it's like 361 years now and then you, if you drink the wine just like old world it's so elegant some of the vines are quite old yeah some of the vines are very old just like 10 vineyards in South Africa they are over 100 years old vine wow impressive so we are roughly saying we have like 2000 600 hectare for all vine which is over 35 years and the wine quality is getting much better now because there's a lot of the younger generation going back to their country after like studying in Bordeaux and studying in Burgundy bringing back new techniques bringing brand technique uh, knowledge Walker Bay as well there's a lot of very good producer they're making beautiful Pinot Noir Burgundy style Pinot Noir Burgundy style Chardonnay as well hmm. when you drink that it's just thinking like oh is that really from Burgundy but actually it's not it's from South Africa and the price is nothing. A fraction of it. Yep. Okay, and Raymond, you also won an award at the same event that Derek was just talking about, and it was for the trade competition. Yeah, we're doing like a wine of the month every month in our Wulumulu group. So we have like four outlets in Hong Kong. Every month we do like a special like okay. you know, wine of the month, every outlet. The last year is August, so we pick a, like South African wine as a wine of the month. So I reckon we just, like, you know, the whole group, we just sold more than 1,500 bottles of South African wine. So the award was for the yeah. interest in South African wine? Yeah. We had, like, um tasting with all the staff. They just blown their away because they never tried South African wine before. Mm. 
normally because we're Australian steakhouse, so basically we're like specially on Australian. On your list, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so which type of grape variety was most enjoyed? There's a lot of guests like they don't really know about the Pinot Tank. So well, when we give them a try and they just like say, "Oh wow, this is pretty amazing wine." You mentioned Pinotage. The two best-known varieties, of course, are Chenin Blanc and yeah. Pinotage. Yeah. Back to Derek. I think Chenin Blanc, like, people recognize this mostly in North Valley in France. But, but if you look at, like, South African, most likely they got, like, more ripeness and much more wineries, if you say, if you want to compare with, like, the old world Chenin. But basically, South African Chenin Blanc is most likely they're very elegant. A lot of minerality, a lot of smokiness as well. Mm. It's just recognized maybe it's somehow from old world. It's like you find a lot of crushed apple as well. Really, really refreshing acidity. Everything is very well made. I think there's a lot of like Chenin Blanc producers they're doing a very good job. The most likely they don't use a lot of leaf wood, more like a neutral barrel, so because they want to maintain their fruit profile. I think like more uh, younger generation, like in region Smartland, uh, mm-hmm. most likely they want to be terroir driven wine. They want to show the terroir, show the different of minerality, or show the different of the soil as well. That's the one producer, particular producer, mm-hmm. they have a Chenin Blanc between two different soils. So they want to show individual. Huh. So they have two tables. Oh. So it's, it's called Minunus, which is an iconic producer in Swatland. And they are doing a pretty good job as well because mm. the wine is delicious. Uh, if you can see the Chenin Blanc in the wine list for some of the restaurant, try it. You understand what I say. Okay. For elegant wine. And then going on to Pinotage, which is the other grape, what's the range of uh, a profile, taste profile on the nose? We are talking about the Pinotage, like which is one of the most historical Grifado, represent yeah. the iconic Grifado for South African mm. as well. Invented like from 1921, it's been how many years now? It's almost like 100 years. Yeah, yeah. I think the people are changing, the winemaking, they're making such a really big difference compared to the Pinotage like before. You may find a lot of Pinotage in Stanbush, which is very famous for Pinotage, a big a lot of black fruit, a, a lot of a tea leaf character, and also come with like a lot of spiciness, like peppery spiciness yeah. as well. So big wines were the style. People might have also thought of that it's a typical wine that people might drink with a barbecue in, yeah, uh, in South Africa. Are they toning it down a bit in a more elegant direction? Sure. They're di- really different style now for Pinot Touch. If you're looking for example like one Pinotage from Swartland from uh, Derry Nadia basically oh, yeah. when, when we try that we just realize that is that Pinotage? No it's not. It's just like Pinot Yeah. it's just like refer driven so elegant it's not heavy at all alcohol is not that big mm. you know everything was so silky and drink like Pinot Noir so when we're talking about what is the iconic or what is the typical style of Pinotage it's hard to say because it's more like diverse related to different things on how they make the wine but most likely it can be like Shiraz or can be like Pinot Noir which is a big range there's a big range (laughs) even though you can see the color as well when you see the Pinot Touch like in Stambush they are very deep in color Mm. deep purple Mm. high concentration but we haven't like the Pinot the the Pinot Touch in Swartland actually it's very pale in color smell like Pinot a lot of raspberry strawberry character a lot of fresh wild berry as well if you like a bigger style yeah. of wine, yeah. are there certain regions that still produce those yeah. those bigger wines in both the Chenin yeah. and the uh, Pinotage? I think if you want something big or something traditional, 
You always go to Stanbridge, which yeah. is uh, one of the most historical yeah. regions ever in South Africa. And they drink a lot of very good wine. They, they are traditional method to make their own wine, and they still like having a lot of wine, which is mostly the full body. And they use much more wood as well, mm. which is they have a lot of like uh, Bordeaux brand there, and both, most likely they're based on with a Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, um, Petit Verdot. They still have a lot of winery. They're doing very very good Bordeaux brand there. So it's just drink like Bordeaux. If you're looking for alternative wine outside Bordeaux, you know that's a very good alternative. You know that option for buying wine from South Africa, and especially Stanbridge. In fun shock as well. In France, actually, may find some very elegant wine, traditional, uh, very elegant wine, and then you you will love it. Swartland is a fun place, which is more like younger generation, more like younger winemakers as well in that region. They really need to try so many different wines, like orange wine, huh. natural wine, crazy stuff using a lot of wild yeast as well for fermentation they are doing something really different they don't want to be labeled as traditional they just want to be creating something out of the mainstream i can hmm. tell so swartland is a place for experimentation yep. a little bit of a bohemian place yeah i think yes i think most <laughs> they are they're crazy okay they um, are they are young they are more like hipster i can ah, tell orange wine natural wine yeah. any biodynamic wine making definitely yes on? definitely just a lot of biodynamic organic they are trying different things here they are having their wine in the garage literally naturally so right. when you go there it's just thinking like is it really like a winery there's no winery there actually okay. it's just like garage well, some of the wine that you've described then, Derek, I think is not going to be available in Hong Kong. People need to, when travel gets back to normal, go and visit the wine regions as you two both did in South Africa. Did you both get around much of it? Raymond, did you travel much around the wine regions? And where did you go that impressed you? Yeah, it's like um, the Swartland actually, they really impressed me. They have like really young winemaker. All the studying wine as well kind of like motivates me now to study about more wines. So, is the conclusion from you two Guys, try the South African wines that you can find in Hong Kong and get yourself over to South Africa to try the regional wines. I would like highly recommend that you can try. So a lot of potential, the quality is there, the price is nothing compared with Bordeaux and Burgundy. You will find a lot of different style of wine, your sparkling wine, you have orange, natural, mm. red and white that are very good as well. And some dessert wine as well, they are doing very well. So thanks very much for your insight, guys. Thank you. Thanks so much. And that was two of Hong Kong's top sommeliers, uh, Derek Lee and Raymond Langdang, talking about uh, South African wine with our Tuesday food and drink reporter, Andrew Dambina. Thank you very much, Andrew.